Uh, We are now going to read from the Bible. Um, We are reading today John 15, uh, verses 9 to 17. Um, This can be found on page 1082 um, in the church Bibles that you might have been handed as you walked in. It's John 15, 9, verse 17. John 15. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from the Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Peace to God. Gordon's going to come up now. Kids, um, if you've got your kids packs, now would be a great time to take out uh, your activity sheet and start filling that in. Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Gordon. I'm the assistant minister here. And uh, if you're new or visiting Here at St. Stephen's, can I add my welcome to you? It's great to have you with us. Uh, As you know, tomorrow is Anzac Day, one of the most special days in our nation's calendar. The most sacred of days, as our Prime Minister himself puts it. As we remember, uh, those whose sacrifice in the past allows us to enjoy the freedoms of today. And it's important as a church, uh, like Ian led us through just then, that we do honour and remember and pray. Uh, If you look around in this very building... Um, you'll see the names of those who used to sit in these very seats. So some of the windows, they have names of those who served in the war. If you go up the back as well, there's a roll uh, of people, a list of people, who, names who, who used to sit in these very seats, uh, honoured as those who gave up their lives and fought in those horrific wars. Uh, as I was preparing this sermon today, I felt, felt a little bit unfitting to preach today. You know, I'm a migrant child, I have no real family connection to Anzac Day. My parents were not Anzacs. Uh, They actually fled from China to Hong Kong to escape the conflicts, you know, in that part of the world around uh, the Second World War. And so Gallipoli, Anzac Cove, I had no one at home to tell me this history. Um, I had to learn about it at school. And kids, you know, I'm guessing that you'll have um, some sort of Anzac memorial moment um, this week at school. That's, you know, that's where I first learned about Anzac and the Anzac spirit. Uh, I remember going to the war memorial in Canberra uh, in our year six trip. Uh, That's where I learned about this. And so I said, as I was saying, in many ways I feel a little bit unfitting to preach today. I don't have any family connection to Anzac Day. And not to mention that the fact, you know, there's no way I'll ever be tough enough to make the Australian army, you know, even if I tried really hard. But this passage that we read today uh, from the Bible, this is very fitting for Anzac Day. And that's what really matters, right? On arguably the most sacred day of the Australian calendar, where we honour sacrifice and love and friendship and humility, where we honour 
ordinary people who were actually extraordinary in what they did in dying for others. It's very fitting that we're reminded in our Bible passage this morning of our Savior, of Jesus, who lovingly laid down his life for his friends and calls us and challenges us, all of us, uh, to do the very same. And so let's take a look together at uh, verse 12, uh, John chapter 15, verse 12. Jesus says, uh, have it on the screen as well, he says, my command is this, love each other. And notice here that command is singular. It's not commands, but command, one command. It's not that Jesus only had one command. Uh, Jesus' teachings were full of commands and instructions. But what Jesus is saying here is that this particular command is special. You can connect, Jesus says, all my commands into this one special command. You can bring all my instructions that I've given to you into this one command to love each other, to love each other. Now, is this what you thought um, to be that one command that Jesus wants from his disciples? You know, Jesus didn't say, my command is this, you know, do really well at school or be really happy in your life, be true to yourself, live a life of no regrets. Jesus didn't say that. Um, he said, my command is this, love each other. Love each other. What is love? What is love? If there's something our world is confused about, it's, it's love. You know, we throw that word around. Uh, I tried typing I love into Google, and um, before I even finished, uh, this is how Google tried to auto-complete my search. I love pizza. How did Google know? And then the next one, I love pizza in Willoughby. Um, I think um, we had some takeaway pizza from there, and Google remembered, you know, I do love pizza, but what do I mean? What do I mean when I say that? It just means that I really, really like pizza, right? Um, now, I think it's pretty harmless to use the word love in that way, you know, for things like pizza or Easter eggs or Game Boys. It's pretty harmless. But it also might confuse us a bit. It might even make us misunderstand it when the Bible uses the word love, when Jesus uses the word love. See, when Jesus is telling us to love each other, do you think he's teaching us, do you think he's telling us to really, really like each other? Do you think Jesus is telling us that we need to like each other a lot? I don't think so. He's not telling us to like each other a lot. He's telling us to love each other. And there's a big difference. You see, how are we to love each other? I look at verse 12 again. Love each other as I have loved you. As I have loved you, Jesus says. Copy me. Copy my love, Jesus says. Look at my example of love. And what is that example of love? Well, it's in the next verse. Let's look at the next verse, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. There's no greater love than this. There's no greater expression of what it means to truly love someone than to lay down your life for them and to be willing even to die for them. You know, this this is the perfect standard of love. I think in our world now, we're not just confused about love. I think we might have gotten love wrong. You know, the love that we talk about, it might be fake love. Our world says, I'll love you if you love me back. I'll love you if I get something back in return. You know, if you can offer me something that I like, something that I need, then I'm willing to give my love to you. 
And so the people we choose to love, you know, they're the people that, you know, we get something back from. And the moment that we stop getting something from them, the moment we don't get what we want from them, the moment we don't, they're not giving us what we need and what we want, well, then the relationship's gone. That, you know, the relationship breaks down. It's transactional. It's transactional love. And friends, it's actually fake love. It's fake love. You see... The Anzac soldiers, the men and women who you know, voluntarily put up their hand to serve the nation, to fight in the wars, to join the support forces, the nurses, the logistics personnel, all the people we honour on Anzac Day. They did that, knowing that they might lose everything. And many of them did. You know, they suffered loss. They gave up their lives so that others could gain, so that we could gain. They died so that we could live. And they didn't do it so that they could get something back. You know, those that died got nothing back. And friends, that's love. That's true love. That's not fake love. You know, no greater love has, no greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. And this is the story of Jesus, right? This is the story of Jesus that we celebrated last week at Easter, and that we celebrate every week here at St. Stephen's. As Jesus willingly went to the cross to die for sinners, sinners like me, sinners like you. In that very act, we see the perfect picture of love. We see true love. And the remarkable thing about Jesus is not just that a person died for other people, that's true, but God, the holy and perfect God, dying in the place of humanity. He died in the place of evil and broken and imperfect humans. See, as we look at Jesus, not just the person who did amazing miracles, not just the person who taught many things, but at Jesus who hung there on the cross and died like a criminal. As we look at Jesus there, we see God. You know, this is God. That's the title of our sermon series as we've gone through the Gospel of John. This Jesus who laid down his life for humanity, this is God. And this Jesus... He's also our friend. That's what this passage says. If you put your trust in Jesus and follow him, like the disciples in the story, you're not just a follower of Jesus, you're not just a servant of Jesus, but Jesus says that you're a friend. That's amazing. Uh, Look at verse 15. I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. As disciples and believers and followers of Jesus, we're not just servants, but friends of Jesus, friends of God, friends of the true and living God. That that should blow our minds. We get to be friends with God. And did you notice why in that verse, verse 15? See, the difference between a friend and a servant is knowledge. See, back in Jesus' time, back in that day and age, it wasn't that uncommon for people to have uh, servants, uh, for there to be in society masters and servants. So um, if you, uh, for example, were a master of five servants, uh, you could tell any of those five servants what to do, um, you know, literally anything, and they would have to do it. That was your authority over these servants, and they would have to blindly follow anything you said, uh, no questions asked. That was, that was what it was like. Uh, but Jesus is saying, though, you know, I am your master, Jesus is saying. I am your Lord, but I'm not going to leave you in the dark. 
When you follow me, Jesus says, when you do what I say, it won't be in blindness. See, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to tell you why you should be doing the things I'm telling you to do. Because I'm your friend, Jesus says. Because I'm your friend, because I love you. Because I'm going to lay down my life for you. See, that's what it means to be a Christian. We don't blindly follow our Lord. We follow the one who is both our Lord and our Saviour, our friend, who lets us in to what he's doing, who, who tells us his plan for the world. And so we go back to the commandment. You know, why should we, why should we do as Jesus commanded us, to love each other? Why should we do that? Well, Jesus is actually going to let us in on this. And we've, we've done something a bit unusual in, in, in the Bible. We've gone straight into the middle of the passage instead of starting from the beginning. So we're going to work backwards now. See, why should we love each other as Jesus commanded us? Well, Jesus is going to let us why, into, into, into why, you know. To love each other, to love each other is actually how you remain in Jesus. It's actually how we show that we remain in Jesus' love, how we belong to Jesus. And so what does that mean? Well, I'm going to ask Pippi now to come up and bring something to illustrate. Um, so, uh, this is my favorite houseplant. It's a vine. It's called a pothos. Maybe stretch it out to see how long it gets. Um, it's a bit crazy. Now, I need a volunteer. Anyone want to be a volunteer? Um, can be of any ages. Vicky, come up, come up, Vicky. Um, Vicky, your special job. Um, is you get to choose the leaf, and I want you to rip it out. Not 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 the vine, just just the leaf, just the leaf. Yeah. Um, so show everyone this leaf. Um, that's 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 already that's not a very good leaf. You can pick another leaf. You're trying to be kind, but for the sake of the illustration, I need you to choose a good leaf. That's the leaf. That's yours to keep, Vicky. Now, Vicky, what do you think will happen to this leaf now that you've picked it off the plant? It will die. It will die. I mean, it will look all right for a while, but eventually it will die. Now, why will it die, Vicky? Because it's not attached and getting any nutrition. That's right. That's right. It's cut off. It's been ripped out. You've, you've ripped it out from the plant. It's, it can't get the life, can't get the nutrients, can't get the water. Thanks, Vicky. Everyone give her a round of applause. Um, don't eat the leaf, it's a bit poisonous, Vicky, okay. <laughs> and thanks for, um, thanks for being kind and ripping out one of the yellow leaves before. Now, um, just before the passage that we're reading here in John 15, Jesus, he tells his disciples that he's like the vine. He's like this vine. He says, I am the true vine. It's a very famous uh, saying that he says. And he tells his disciples that they have to remain in him. Otherwise, they'll be like the leaf that's ripped out, that's cut off, and won't be able to get the life and nutrients that, that will die. And so if you look at verse 9, the very first verse in our passage this morning, Jesus says the same thing. I'll put it up on the screen as well. He says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Remain in me, he says. Remain in my love. Don't abandon it. Don't leave it. And notice the kind of love that he's telling us not to leave. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. You know, this love that we're in with Jesus, this love that we're in with Jesus, 
is the love that he shares with the Father. You know, we're in that love with him. We're, you know, when we're in relationship with Jesus, we're in that same love. Now, why wouldn't you want to remain in this love? Why, why would you want to leave and abandon such an amazing love, such a perfect love? Well, actually, this conversation that we're reading here between Jesus and his disciples actually takes place after a very awkward moment. See, just before uh, Jesus says these very words that we're reading here, something awkward quite ha- uh, happens. Something awkward happens. Uh, Jesus is not talking to 12 disciples here. He's only talking to 11. See, just before this incident, one of his disciples, Judas, has just left him. And he's left him and will hours later betray him. Uh, that happens in chapter 13. See, Judas didn't want to remain with Jesus. Judas didn't want to remain in Jesus' love. And so we mustn't think that that's not possible for us too. So the question is, how do we remain in Jesus' love? How do we make sure we're not like Judas and, and leave and abandon this love that Jesus has with us? Well, Jesus tells us how in the next verse, in verse 10. He says, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. So how do we remain in Jesus' love? We keep his commands. See, you can't separate, you can't divorce loving Jesus from obeying Jesus. You can't divorce, you can't separate loving God, loving Jesus from obeying him. You know, real love is shown by action, isn't it? That's what we see in Anzac Day too. Love, you know, real love shown in action. You can't say that you love Jesus but not want to do what he, what he says. But at the same time, we don't obey Jesus just out of obligation. We obey him as friends. Remember that? It's not out of obligation, but out of joy. Look at verse 11, joy. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see, Jesus loves us. His command for us is actually for our joy, for our good. He wants us to have joy, complete joy. That's why he's telling us to remain in him. You know, like the leaf, as it's part of the vine, thrives, right? As it's part of the plant. Jesus wants us to remain in him, to remain in his love and have joy. That's why he gives us the command. Now, what is the command? Well, it's back to where we started. In verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And if you go to the very end of that passage, verse 17, he says it again, this is my command, love each other. See, to love each other, that's our joy. To love each other, that's who Jesus wants us to be. To love each other, that's how we reflect what Jesus has done for us in giving himself for us, for dying on the cross for us, for loving us. To love each other, That's actually how we remain in Jesus' love. To love each other, that's that's the hallmark of the Christian life. It it also echoes this verse. Jesus says this early in John 13. He says, um, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. To love each other, to love one another. That's the Christian business. Now the other day, um, I I was reading this article um, it's asking the question of whether Anzac Day was becoming a fading relevance in Australia. Uh, and, you know, it was saying that less and less of the younger generation, particularly, uh, are not as involved or interested as, as they once were. And 
the article brought up lots of different reasons and you know, social reasons uh, for, for that. But I think it'd be a shame, don't you? It'd be a shame. It'd be foolish. And kids, this is, this is you as well. It'd be foolish for us as a nation, young and old, um, even as you know, more and more people like myself who are born elsewhere and come and live here, it'd be foolish for us if all of us, if we forgot about these past events that shape who we are today. today. It'd be foolish if we left them, you know, if we forgot the sacrifice that gained for us the freedoms that we all enjoy today. You know, the past must ground our future. Um, the present and the future must be grounded in the past, right? But I think we'd also be foolish, and maybe even more so, even more foolish, if we forgot Jesus, you know, the one who showed us the ultimate sacrifice of love, the one who is God and laid down his life for humanity, who died in the place of his friends to offer them eternal life and forgiveness from sins. And as Christians, the way to not forget, the way to remain in Jesus and his love it's actually to love each other, to love one another. It's actually to love each other as Jesus uh, told us and showed us. You see, the cross, Jesus' death on the cross, that great sacrifice of love in the past, it doesn't just open up, you know, the way for our future, a glorious future, you know, in heaven with God forever. It doesn't just open that future for us. It also shows us the way to live in the present and also in the future. And so to end, I want to share this quote from Jonathan Edwards. He's a great, great American preacher. Uh, it's on the screen, I'll read it. He says, At the end of the world, when the church of Christ shall be settled in its most complete and eternal state, at the end of the world, when we're in heaven, when we're in heaven and in eternal life, then divine love shall not fail but shall be brought into its most glorious perfection in every individual member of the Ransom Church. Love in eternity, it won't fail. It will be brought to perfection in every single Christian, everyone who believes in Jesus. And he goes on. Then in every heart, that love which now seems as but a spark shall be kindled to a bright and glowing flame. And every ransomed soul shall be, as it were, in a blaze of divine and holy love. And he continues, and shall remain and grow in this glorious perfection and blessedness throughout all eternity. In other words, love, this love that we talked about today, it's not just what we do now. Jesus isn't just telling us to do this now, but it's what we'll do in perfection for eternity. As we live together in a perfect community of love with Jesus in heaven, all together, you know, that's what Jesus is preparing us for right now. You see, love is our past, as we look back at the cross. It's our past. Love is our present, as we love each other. And love is our future.